The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? My name is Roger. I am the host of the show because everything I just totally forgot was going to do, I totally blanked on. So, welcome to Comic Book Chronicles. Yay! <laughs> so you gotta love when that happens, folks. Um, here with me tonight. I know, right? Here with me tonight is my trusty uh, duo of followers, brethren here. First, we have one. Tim Dog 98, because the other 97 are suckers. Thank you for that warm welcome. <laughs> and of course, we have the coolest man in the hottest state, one agent underscore 70. What's going on, everybody? Sadly, not with us tonight, but hopefully enjoying himself is PCN underscore or Dirt, who was, who was um, spending some time with the family. Hopefully, has some fun, bring us back some swag, some, some drinks. Some That's right. We'll give him the respectful applause. There you go. I was about to say the respectful uh, applause was no applause. What, what, what's no, we're just, we're just queuing up. <laughs> and as always, you can find us, well, right here on this very video, if you're watching the YouTube channel on theclicknation.com, the video channel, you can find us at uh, cspn.us. You can find us on pretty much any podcasting spots uh, that you so desire. I don't know if we're on Spotify yet, but maybe soon if we're not. Um, anywhere you find podcasts, you will find us, the Click Nation Comic Book Chronicles. Look for it by name, ask for it by name. <laughs> Uh, you can find us individually at uh, I am Roddy, at RoddyCat and at News Nerds Need. Also at uh, Caps on Instagram and uh, Tumblr. You can find Agent underscore 70 at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. And most definitely you can find Tim at TimDog98 on Twitter and at CBCron on Twitter and at TheClickNation.com or excuse me, at TheClickNation, V-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, all one word on Twitter. And, of course, the website, theclicknation.com. You can find PCN underscore Dirt at PCN underscore Dirt and Pop Culture Net on Twitter. You can also go to his site, popculturenetwork.com, where you can go find all, this, all of his uh, goodies over there. And um, you can definitely help us out if you so, so choose by going to shop.cspn.us and going to get some goodies to keep us going. You can also go to cspn.us, by the way, if you want to find out I find our show and other goodies shows like ours, though those shorts are probably better, but who knows? Yeah, matter of taste, matter of taste. But uh, thank you for being here with us tonight. And with all of that out of the way, um, which now that I think about it, I probably should let Tim do the spiel because we are going to do a real quick recap of my time at uh, Heroes Con, which this was this past weekend. Um, I would have to say that uh, you, so the show is usually pretty good. If you don't know, um. Heroes Con is pretty much more of a fan-focused uh, comic book convention. It is in Charlotte, North Carolina every year around this time. A lot of creators like it. It's, it's smaller than San Diego and New, uh, New York. Hopefully, we're trying to get the, um, the full crew down here one year. 
Agent 70. <laughs> you know, to come down. Actually, I think I'm semi-local. I can't make it every year. Right, but at least you've come a couple a couple times, you know. So yes, that's that's what's up. Like I said, we'll we'll have a bigger better showing as time goes by. Hopefully, you know, I'll definitely be there because it's pretty localish to me. But at any rate, um, it was a good. I was there for the the whole three days. Um, it got a little bit of stuff signed by artists and, and create bunch of creators. I saw some creators that I didn't get to get to talk to, but I'm not really all that good about that stuff. But at least try. Um, went to a few panels here and there, and even recorded a couple of them for that. Um, that probably won't see the light of day outside of our our private chat. But I can safely say that the, um, the crowd this year, especially for Saturday, was pretty good. Oh, and Tim, actually, um, so Tim, do you remember the last? You remember when you went last year, right? And yes. that section that was around the corner that had just had the little the arcade stuff and the little stage and whatnot. Uh-huh. So. They have expanded again because so from the big part where the artisan stuff usually are, it goes wall to wall. Okay. Hmm. And then okay. they put some more like Aftershock was in that little like Aftershock and um another booth was in that area where that little stage was and the and the arcade was. And there was like the Ghostbusters booth and and you know and um a few other things. They even expanded because there was like um a re- there was a retro gaming booth. Uh, a couple of them, and they had more vendors, so they really expanded spot like from from front to back and from from wall to wall. It was pretty mm-hmm. much you know filled with artists and vendors. So good it deal. Was, it was, yeah, so they're definitely expanding the right way for certain. You know, they're like there is still a little bit of space by that space by the stage area, but you know, like I said, there's more stuff in there than there was in the last few years. So that mm-hmm. was cool to see, and I am going to while I'm sitting here in front of my mouth going to pop up just a couple of different pictures here if I remember to do that proper and hi yeah so yeah because this this I want to bring attention to the site it's called the science it's a pretty cool site and it's a bad picture I recognize but um but it's a pretty cool site that uses um it's run by teachers and I think one of the guys said that they were used to be editor-in-chief of comics alliance or something okay remember um, but basically this site uh, goes to pop culture stuff and you know kind of breaks down the science of it not unlike well not necessarily like Neil deGrasse Tyson does where he poo-poo's the whole poo thing but they just kind of like you see here there's, there was a real life person that the, uh, Dr. Poison from Wonder Woman was based off of and they kind of do stuff like that and you know uh, the science of um, Spider-Man trying to catch Gwen Stacy and stuff like that and they even use the stuff in the their classrooms to kind of get their students engaged, which I thought was really cool because it was like the panel that I went to was um, about using pop culture, you know, to teach science or to teach anything. And it was pretty decent. It was a small room, but it was pretty decently um, um, attended. And um, I thought it was pretty cool. So, but if you ever get to, and they've got some pretty good articles on there for the science.org. I think they even do comic reviews. At least last time I went there, they had some. So, Go check that out if you so choose. Then, of course, I went to um, a panel with Jim Shooter talking about uh, storytelling. Nice. Yeah, it was cool. He was it was relatively clinical, but he was all right. You know, uh, there was a I guess I shouldn't say weirdly, but there was a lot of Kirby talk at a at a couple of different panels. Not and not even the ones that I'm not just the ones that were you know exclusively about him, which there was like two or three of them. Um, and I did go to one like mega panel that was. 
and this is a kind of a blurry picture, but there's some cosplay stuff I'm starting to get into. So there's <laughs> Black Man, there's yes. little, um, Star Lord, that was right here. There's a lot of people, as you've seen the fact, there was a lot of people with these little um, uh, buggies full of, you know, short boxes and long boxes galore mm-hmm. trying to get some signs. Ah, oh, I hate those people. Yeah. I, oh, a friend, oh, well, the, the, the girl that uh, at, was, that uh, it usually runs uh, my, the comic shop that I go to was there, and she told me that this dude was in line to see Era, Jason Aaron, and he had, like, a gang of stuff. He had, like, a, a whole long box full of stuff uh, and was getting a whole bunch of stuff signed and was holding up the line. And a lot of creators had, like, tip jars, so they weren't really taking, you know, money themselves, but they were taking tip jars Donation. for, like, Hero. Yeah, exactly. They were taking initiative. Exactly. Right. So, and this guy, from what the story I was told, he got all this stuff signed, and then when he was finished, everybody started clapping, but they weren't clapping for him. Actually, wait, it wasn't Jason Aaron, it was Hickman. Excuse me. Oh, so, man. which is weird, because, like, Hickman usually would, usually would be the ones that you would think would be like, nah, a couple of, you know, two and keep it, keep it moving. But anyway, he signed all of them, guy turned around, everybody cheered, and he thought they were cheering for him, but they was actually cheering for Hickman. And the guy didn't leave any tip or anything. He just oh, no donation. And got the stuff out. So I was like, yeah, so you got those people like that. Uh, um, I got a bunch of stuff. Well, not a bunch of stuff. I got a couple of things signed, but I didn't get as much as, as I wanted to sign because I waited till Sunday to try to get stuff signed. And let me tell you, folks, that is the wrong day to try to get stuff signed, especially from artists, because they're just trying to get um, their commissions done. Their commissions done before yeah. the show is over. And um, I was waiting in line for a stale freeze who was there because I finally had my stuff with me. And I was waiting for her about a good 10, 15 minutes. And the girl was like, uh, yeah, come back at five, which I was leaving before then. So I didn't get anything signed by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see Sanford, Sanford Green. So I got and talked to him for a second, but I forgot to grad- congratulate him for his creator going stuff. But we talked to him for about a good second. And I got stuff from, uh, I got uh, one of my hip hop covers from signed for Wando. And um, um, somebody was it the Howl the Duck? No, no, no. It was oh. the, um, it was the Duck Strange. Okay. Cover. Yeah. Um, met uh, Matthew Rosenberg, nice. Um, you know, and um, you know, got something signed by him, and you know, a couple of other people. But that was cool. But like I said, so uh, right here we got this R two D two. There was a couple of remote control R two D twos. Apparently, there's this builders club that was that was there, and there was this one, and then there was this one, and then there was a couple of other ones that was in that I didn't see until later. But these were pretty cool, and then they were like going around the floor a little bit. Then there was this by the lady that was um, suspended from some circus international, I believe it was called or something. So she was kind of twirling around out there. That was pretty cool. Then of course there was a TARDIS and there's that Captain America I showed you uh, mm-hmm. online, uh, age of 70, which was kind of cool. There was another one where this dude, he was like looking, he almost looked like D man, but he had a shield. Um, <laughs> but he had a shield. Cause he was like, like bummy D man. And this dude had like a, um, like a real long beard. Gotcha. And, um, and uh, so a couple of stormtroopers. It was Vigo because they had um, a couple of Ghostbusters there from the North, for the North Carolina chapter, and they had a little gear booth that, that was right off to the side, and um, they were taking donations. And of course, there's this Deadpool and and um, and uh, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, no, yeah. See, there's that in the back. There's a, where the five hundred first and the the R two D two club was. And of course, there's a couple of pictures from the panel. This is uh, Ed Brisson and Matthew Rosenberg from the Marvel Town Hall panel. Um, then it was Chip, Chip Zdarsky and uh, Charles Soule was also at that, that same panel. Okay, okay. Thank you, Dirk. Um, this picture was from the DMC panel. That's uh, Domo Stanton, Amy Chu, and of course, DMC in the place to be. 
Mm-hmm. I had a recording of, of that panel, but apparently it mysteriously got screwed up. So I'm pissed off about that. But apparently what I found out was that DMC Comics is going monthly as opposed to the, the graphic novels every eight months that they've been doing. He didn't say when that's uh, going to start, just that it was going to happen sometime soon. So I don't know if that was actually news already or if it was something that just came out there, but that was cool. That was a pretty cool panel always is. Then this is cool lady is uh, um, is Professor X. Yeah. Professor X was going around. That's creative. Or Rogue. Yeah, no, it was cool. Is that what it is? So what? Is that Rogue is Professor X? Oh, no, I see that's a helmet. Ah. Yeah, she's got Cerebro on, so... It looked like a skunk stripe for a second. I <laughs> know, <laughs> right? And then there's, there's a Hawkeye here. That was pretty pretty cool looking. Wow, that's hardcore. Yeah. And this little girl here, I don't know what the hell she was trying to be, but she was rolling around on the floor asking for hamburgers and breakfast. So if anybody knows what the hell she was supposed to be trying to, trying to be. Okay. Yeah, because it was kind of funny because like she come because matter of fact, at this time I was waiting for your uh, day friend, Oren, who I had a really nice talk with, by the way. Um, and she came rolling up on the floor because she was like right around there. It was around the area, um, you might know the area where CBC usually be or pretty much parallel to the door right behind the, our, our stage, Tim. Right. Yeah. So that's where she was and rolling around. I don't know. If anybody knows who the hell she's supposed to be, let me know. But she was talking about, are you going to make me famous? <laughs> and I was just laughing like, yeah, sure. Mm, that's that. But that's pretty much the majority of that. Like I said, um, went to a few panels. I did get um, a couple of things. Well, because I really didn't have a whole lot of extra money, but I wanted to get something. So I got this, which is a Teen Titans deck building game, because I like card games. Even though I don't really have um, eh, so many people to to mess with it with. And I did get this print. From Sanford Green. From Sanford Green, which apparently was um, a limited exclusive or something. I don't know if it's a con exclusive, but I'm assuming. Yeah, no, that's 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 from, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, a variant cover that I think was pretty limited for uh, the crew. Right. So I was going to get it regardless whether it was limited or not. I was like, well, shoot, I want, I, I had to get this. <laughs> cool. So I'm going to have to um, put that up. And then the only other thing that I got, which if, if you've seen my Twitter, was this. Oh, okay. no. Oh, uh, Batarang. Batman Fidget Spinner, for those Batarang. not watching the, for the video. They had, they had um, almost got the Captain America shield because they had one of those two and had a, a few different ones. But I was like, I'll just get this and, and let it roll. I'll look for that next con I go to. Yeah. So um, they are definitely about there. But I had, like I said, outside of running around like a stupid person and didn't really get as much done as what I wanted to and didn't get as many of the pictures as I wanted to because there was a storm I did get a picture of, but it wasn't a very good picture. And uh, a couple of pictures of Darth Vader and a few other people that I will have to try to process or try to salvage some kind of way. But um, I had a good time if you're ever in Charlotte, which I think I know we know of somebody who might try to be down <laughs> They're next year, and I hope they do because I'd like to meet them. But um, and I'm not gonna say, don't make them call them out here. What you whether they were watching or not. So, all right, come I on just, down. Yeah, I just wanted to add. Now that I know that, I mean, I knew this already, but um, this particular, you know, this past weekend, I had a, a family uh, a wedding to attend, so I wouldn't have been able to go this year anyway. But right. knowing that uh, uh, an old friend of mine um, actually is fairly. Uh, uh, fairly, uh, I, I, I'm trying to find the right word, but I guess he's, uh, no, what I was going to say is no, what, what, what I, what I intend to, to, to get at is his, um, uh, he, he's willing to undergo the arduous trip 
you know, to, to, to make his way down uh, south to get to a con. And I admire that. He's, uh, so apparently he came straight from Awesome Con, from right. what he said. My understanding is that he was, you know, like basically working his way south. Right. And, you know, I, I, I thought that was pretty remarkable. And, you know, that sounds like a road trip that we can go on next year. Um, you know, so hopefully we can, we can, we can uh, knock that out. We'll just have to make arrangements and get our schedules together. Yeah, make them do all the driving. Oh no, I'll be sharing some of the driving. Like we'll probably figure out a car to take, and then you know. I mean, that's what like eight from where you are. Probably good six to eight from where you are. Uh, maybe a little bit more. You know, about eight. I wouldn't imagine. Yeah. So you know, we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, it's something to look forward to because then you know, if that's the case, and we actually do undertake this road trip, then uh, you know, uh, we'll do uh, a better job of trying to get uh, uh, at Tim Dog ninety eight from uh. You know, getting sidetracked by uh, you know, things to do around the house. <laughs> Hopefully, by then he will, you know, he'll, he'll be a little bit more settled in. I'm about to say I should be settled by then, and I can actually like take the Friday off. Sure. Yeah, because he was attempting it, but you know, things just wasn't happening. So I understand. And now we got a yeah. So I totally understand that. So all good. Um, so Matt Wayne, ninety-seven, friend of the show, said Wayne will try. Wayne will try to smash uh, Heroes Con next year. I'm holding you to that, Matt. <laughs> you know what I'm I'm holding you because I would like to say, like I said, it ain't as big as New York or what or, you know most of you folks are used to, but it's a more intimate. Joy. Yeah, exactly. That's why some of the creators like it, like like it so much. I just so hope I don't get claustrophobic. That's all. <laughs> if you don't get claustrophobic during New York, then no, you know you don't yeah. get claustrophobic. You get agrophobic. Agrophobia is fear of crowds, right? Agrophobia. So you know that's the uh, that's the phobia that you get, you know, at New York Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's well, like nowhere near that crowd. And like I said, it's it's the the, the, the most crowded day is Saturday because most of the people are free from work and more cross prosperous stuff like that. But Friday and Sunday, like they're busy, but they're not as you know not as bad. Just make sure you have a bag so you just in case you pick up some stuff so you can always, it. always standard <laughs> standard yeah, operating oh, procedure, man. That's what I was gonna do, and I forgot to take a picture of this. But uh, there was this vendor booth that had um, cause like I said, they had booths for a lot of stuff like replica stuff this has a, there was this one booth with a whole wall a big ass wall of marvel legends figures nice and i almost took a picture of it but i was like well you probably have happening so why would you care <laughs> well at least some of the more recent runs you know like um right uh th- there was a time when i was kind of picking and choosing but then what i en- what, what was ending up happening was that things come and go so quickly and then the the, the secondary market heats up and the next thing you know you're just not willing to pay uh out of the nose for some of these figures that you could have gotten the first time around if you were just paying attention to like the online toy stores right and and even with that like some of the prices unless it's on sunday where they're trying to get rid of stuff some of the prices are not great sure at the cons but they're in some cases like like some of the funko stuff is are not bad prices like you get like two for 20 or something like that but that's kind of almost going rate or right sometimes three for 20 on a sunday if they're trying to get rid of stuff but right so but that was Heroes Con, and uh, right. now we are going to go over because we wasted enough time and get into this week's comic books. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. And I believe we said we were going to start with Batman 25. So, fellas, take it away. Actually, we said Peter Parker, didn't we? Did we? I'm sorry. Peter Parker. Peter Parker did? Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider Man number one. Yeah. So, there was, this was the lone hip hop cover of the week. I'm I should have quickly look because I, I saw it. Which I thought they did that cover already, though. I don't believe so. Put it up again. Say something. Yeah, I'm here. No, yeah, there we go. Yeah, just to get it main, uh, get it up on the main screen. You can uh, select his monitor, his screen also. All right. To have it stay on. Okay. Right. And Tim is putting up the uh, the regular cover. Right. So okay. So what's up? 
So we have Chip Zarsky and Adam Kubert and Jordi Belair. Oh, I didn't know, notice Jordi was doing the colors on this. So it's a very colorful book, and Chip has brought his uh, sort of Howard the Duck style humor right into this. So we have a very uh, witty, witty, wittyful Peter Parker slash Spider-Man here, where he's kicking around with Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, and we have a guest appearance by Ant-Man, and we meet the uh, slight spoiler alert. Hold on, hold on. We have a uh, a new character who's the relative of a supervillain, the Tinkerer's brother. Yes. On the side of good, though. Oh, so that's what the article was about. Okay. He's a good Tinkerer. Oh, joy. But that, that wasn't the only reveal. Of course, there had to be a, a last page reveal of a, uh, I guess, forgotten character in the Spider-Man mythos. We'll keep that a surprise. Yeah. So I forgot this character existed. When did this character last appear? Yeah, that's another thing. I don't exactly remember. I kind of remember a reference to this person, kind of, sort of, back in the day. But, um, yeah. I don't remember. And, you know, I maybe... Read, like, I need to read some articles on it. Yeah. So now you're going to make me go and... Um... And read the book. You'll enjoy it. It was fun. Yeah. It was definitely fun. Um, Is that supposed to be mustard on his, t- his shirt? With the little yellow spots? Let's say yes. Possibly. Because I see, I guess, the same stain is on the spider shirt underneath it. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, why is there gold on it? Like, the little dabs are yellow, but it's probably a mustard stain. It is probably a mustard stain. That's, That's a good cool. pickup. That is a good pickup. Um, did, did you mention the, uh, the, the funny uh, opening about uh, with uh, Johnny Storm? Well, I bet you that he kicked around, piled around with Johnny. Yeah, so, you know, like... Uh, it's funny that, you know, because it's the number one issue, even though everyone knows Spidey's origin, they still go through it, but there's a funny twist to it. So, you know, that's a, it's a nice little uh, opening for uh, ev- anyone who might even be only vaguely familiar with the character. Right. And then there's a, a, a joke that's, uh, that gets finished later on. It's set up early, and uh, we see the conclusion of it later on, which, with oh, yeah. Johnny showing up yet again. Yeah, stood up. Gets uh, stood up by <laughs> Spider-Man. To show so prove how he never forgets a date, but yet forgot his hanging out time with Johnny. Huh. Yeah. So here's the question. Um, I think I was talking to somebody saying that uh, Sadowski seemed like it might be a he might be a pretty decent fit for this book, given you know the, at the very least the Spider-Man's kind of jokey nature. So does it does that seem to pan out so far? From this I, think so. I think so. I prefer. Yeah. Okay. It was a listen. It was a fun read. Um, you know, it's a it's a definite candidate for click of the week for me because I just had a good time reading it. Uh, you know, shout out to PCN underscore Dirt, who's uh, uh, at Graham Comic Reviews review reminded me to read this book. You know, kind of push it towards the top of the read list this week, and I was not disappointed. Yeah, the only reason I uh, squeezed it in before the show was because it was off of Doug's rec- uh, recommendation. There you go. And I'll go ahead and say it is his click of the week. Nice. Yep. Nice. All right. So, in the words of uh, President Bartlett, what's next? Let's see what we can go to Batman 24, 25 nets. Okay. Yeah, that works. We're up here. Wow. This is the 25th anniversary issue. A couple of those happening in the DC universe. Yeah. This this is the start of a new storyline for Batman The War of Jokes and Riddles. 
Right. So, I mean, you can kind of guess from the title of the story arc that it's going to pit two of um, the uh, pillars of uh, Batman's uh, rogues gallery against one another. That being the Joker and the Riddler? Yeah, seriously, there's no spoiler alert there. <laughs> and they, it does a good job of show, uh, displaying how crazy each character is in their own way. Yes, agreed. Like, the Joker, I guess, has lost his smile, and he's trying to get it back anyway. He knows how. Or and at least... That way, just ha- that way just happens to involve killing comedians. Yeah, he can't laugh. He doesn't find anything funny. Though he tries. Yeah, he definitely tries very hard. And then the, the Riddler is... Our, is in the custody custody of Gotham city police department, they go to him to try to decipher or decode this, uh, the, the Joker's movements on a map. Right. They and he's the only one that can pattern, see, right. He's the only one that can see the pattern, but yet he ends up, uh, sort of killing uh, one of the officers in the process. What I was going to say, the Riddler, um, you know, I guess for some time had been coming up with his own way to escape that involved gathering as much Intel on the guards as possible. And when it came down to it, the guards could not bring themselves to stopping the Riddler on his way out because um, he had gained so much intimate knowledge into the guards that um, they were uh, basically uh, frozen in fear as, uh, as the Riddler was making his way out. And I thought that was pretty, uh, it was a pretty effective way of uh, establishing a slightly different take on how, impressive and uh, intimidating and frightening the Riddler can be uh, in uh, in such situations. Definitely. And then there's a tease of sort of this rivalry splitting uh, the Gotham City villains where everyone has to pick a side, more or less. And we get teases for, like, battles between... Uh, Villain Civil War. Yeah, it's Villain it's Civil not, War. Like the, one, the, war. The, the main one that stands out is Death, Deadshot versus Deathstroke. But then there's also like Killer Croc going up against, Gol- uh, was it Gollum and Grun- Solomon Grundy? Yeah. Yeah, there's Man Bat against Clayface. Uh, Penguin T- and like the, the, the eventual Quist and stuff like that. Yes, 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 yes. So okay. lots to look forward to. Scarecrow against the Mad Hatter. Lots of cool, you know, it's a, it's a nice visual. Um, shout out to uh, Michael Jannon who uh, is the penciler on this and, um, you know, uh, does a good job, especially that's a great, uh, that would be uh, a cool CB cap, uh, Roddy, when you get around to it, get into that page. It's a nice one, one page uh, splash. Okay. Or if you have it, just, um, uh, well, we'll talk about it later. Cause I'm about to say, you can just put it out and I'll just re- repost it from you. If you have it. Not handy. Okay. That's fine. Not a problem. All right. That's it for, for the bat? Or? Mm-hmm. So wait, so it says um, special anniversary issue, but it's only three ninety nine. That's right. Because DC loves your wallet. That's what I was thinking. Wouldn't it have been like four ninety nine? Because I know especially there's there's a couple of, matter of fact, there's a couple of them I got right in front of me that's like four ninety nine. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't do it for that one. I still th- Because I think Batman is, um, what should we call it, still bi-monthly? Mm-hmm. Okay. That might be why. That's probably why. Gotcha. What if we're done with that? I got a couple of Nike I could bring up real quick then. Speaking of. Um, and the first one would be Lobo Roadrunner Special number one. Oh no. <laughs> hey, 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 It sounds crazy and it a little bit is, but it was actually pretty good. They both actually were kinda. Um so in fact I, I will do these back to back. So Lobo Roadrunner special number one. So stop me if you've heard this one before. Um back in nineteen forty nine, a bunch of animals got experimented on by none other than Acme Labs. 
uh, said animals, some of which being Wally Coyote, Roadrunner, Sylvester was in the pack, so, uh, was in a was in a um, was, was in a thing somewhere. Uh, you know, they were experimenting with a mutant DNA in animals, and they came up with the people that we now know and love as these characters. Well, years later, um, it seems like the Wally Coyote broke out uh, and busted everybody else out, and they got loose, never to be seen for again until recent, fairly recent history. Um, so the so the Road Runner, I mean not Road Runner, so um, everybody's going off to them. We don't hear from those other cats, but we do see Wally Coyote kind of gets tired of chasing the Road Runner because he can never catch it. So Sam the dog, the the sheep dog, with the, you know he, y'all know him if you know Looney Tunes history, mm-hmm. told him to find this intergalactic bounty hunter that would sure to get it. And uh, you can <laughs> guess who that is. So that's a good. Um, yeah, I, and that's that's what I appreciate both of the the, the books uh, because they have been pretty good about um, just kind of baking in Looney Tunes into the DC world, especially the ones this week. And like I think uh, I didn't still had read the Marvin Marshall one yet, but these two and the uh, the Bobby Bunny one from uh, last week was actually pretty good about baking in you know these these Looney Tunes characters. So, um, but yeah. Wiley tries to, to gets uh, Lobo to you know Lobo's being Lobo. He gets um he gets him to 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 uh, take the contract. Meanwhile, Lobo's already got one, so he sends. So he's like, "Well, look, you do this contract, and I'll take care of your problem, and I'm just gonna keep all the money." Unbeknownst to Wiley, so Lobo goes off to try to to catch to Road Runner, Road Runner, and you can pretty much guess what happens. It pretty much turns into a Road Runner cartoon. Okay, and um yeah, it, and it was pretty it was pretty good. I hope Lobo catches an anvil to the head. Um, actually, I don't remember if that happened, but pretty much most of the other stuff you would think would have happened in those cartoons did happen. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, there was a small backup that, that kind of flips it a little bit, and um, as opposed to the art that would be a standard DC art, you would see like more Looney Tune cartoonish art, but still kind of continues the story. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the thing that happens in this one and the next one I'm going to talk about Wonder Woman Tasmanian Devil special number one. So, okay. So in Wonder Woman Tasmanian Devil, so here's what happens here. Back when Diana was young, she was supposed she was tasked with doing a lot of stuff as the Amazonians were were, were tasked to do, you know, feats of strength and all that kind of group makes thing. So she was supposed to go up against one of the great beasts. And instead of going up to say the Minotaur, the that is in the labyrinth, she goes up against the Tasmanian Devil, who is one of these great beasts. Oh gosh. Um, or great guardian, excuse me, is what they call him. So, and she gets a tuft of his hair by tricking him and you know, putting him to sleep and promising him something. And she even sings to try to put him to sleep. And all that. And she was like, Well, I'm not gonna go back here again, so I'll never see this creature again until she ends up going back to the mascara for a celebration, which gets interrupted by Cersei. Oh, I forgot to mention Guardians end up coming up on with uh, uh, some kind of way in the Lobo one. But anyway, um, Cersei breaks up the party. So Diana has to go find the Tasmanian Devil to help her fight against um, Cersei. So she needs him to go get to, to get this one medallion that's supposed to be able to free the rest of the folks. And then Taz ends up getting in his Roman gear like that happens and helping her fight. Uh-huh. And um, that ends up being cool. And then the the backup of that one is... Um, Taz pretty much getting the the feast that he was promised by by Dana early on, and 
um, a song which ends up turning into a Greek tragedy. So, quote unquote, actually, it's actually retelling the story of Troy, the fall of Troy. Okay. Um, Troy, but you know, the, 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 the Trojan horse. Yeah, the Trojan horse, which that was ended up being funny. If you've seen my CB caps, you've seen a couple of um, screen caps from there, including some language that you never would have thought you would have seen in a, in a DC book, much less talking from, um, from uh, Looney Tunes. Okay. So, but. Both of them are strangely compelling and, and enjoyable, so I enjoyed them both. They are both one of them, and or both of them are, are potential clicks of the week for the wow. um, because I enjoyed them a, a pretty good bit. I think I may have enjoyed the Lobo one a little bit better than the Wonder Woman. One. Actually, well, I'll take it back because the stuff at the end of the Wonder Woman one Woman was was pretty um was, was pretty funny. So All right. that was those two uh, in the book. Like I said, if you if you um, like Looney Tunes and DC characters and the mixing together seems to be of interest to you you should check out these books i don't know how many more of these are left because i know there was the one last week or the two last week and there's the ones this week and i'm there might be two more i don't remember okay all right um let's move to a book i'm pretty excited to talk about and i just read uh at tim dog 98's um assessment of it and i think he knows what i'm referring to and that is mighty thor number 20 there is a yeah. metric, there's a metric crap ton of stuff that happens in this book. I kid you not. There's so much going on, and all of it awesome. Yes, no doubt. So let me set the stage, and then we can get into the discussion. Um, the the uh, the War of the Realms is uh, is 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 uh, you know basically running roughshod through the realms, and what we have at the beginning of this issue is um, a small group of uh, senators from the, uh, uh, you know, from, from the Congress of Worlds visiting the, uh, the realm of the, El- uh, of the, uh, the dwarves, you know, where uh, Ichiri the dwarf um, had uh, forged uh, Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, and Stormbreaker as well. Um, and uh, basically what we find here are uh, refugees from the uh, Light Elf um, kingdom, a world, uh, taking shelter in, uh, in, in the dwarf world. And, uh, you know, uh, basically all hell breaks loose from there. Okay. There's also a, a side story, uh, a parallel story that we, uh, that we, uh, that we have in this, which is, um, Odin's son and, um, Jane Foster having, you know, mo- one of the, it's not a heart to heart, but it's, it's kind of more Jane, uh, uh, doing a one-sided heart to heart with the Odinson and the Odinson kind of being a jerk face about it. But then, you know, at the end of, at least at the end of this particular round of discussions between the two, um, there's, you know, there, there's obviously uh, more to come, but um, you know, uh, the Odinson still, you know, there's still uh, some redemption for him uh, before, you know, we get to where we're presuming we're going to get. All right. So the question is how far back would I need to go to catch up to this? Uh, to the beginning of this run, or unworthy Thor, or prior. That's a tough, tough question. What do you think? I mean, I just go back and read unworthy Thor to see like the outcome of the um, Ultimate Hammer, right? And you can kind of just pick this up, and I, I pick up the issue previous, I guess issue nineteen, because I guess that's where Jane reveals to Odinson, you know, that she's been Thor the entire time, mm-hmm. and then this. Because, I mean, you get the gist of it there. The different realms are feuding and battling or in war with one another because of Malekith scheming. So, yeah. And was, and was the reveal of this Thor that surprising? Yes, yes. even though it's very apparent who it is. 
Yeah, right. yes and no, because um, I like Tim's notes because it is right in front of us, but the way the story unfolds, it's like, oh, that's what happened. Because we don't have the lead-up to it. We just get the tease of the War Thor at the end of the last issue. But then, you know, this issue really expands upon that and explains it, and it's just such a well-told story. It's well-crafted. Um, and, uh, you know, the reveal was well-earned. I like that they didn't play the long game like they did with Jane's reveal. They just got straight to it. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Even though it was quick, it still is well-earned. You know, and it definitely plays on um, uh, some stuff we, uh, we may have already known about this character from previous runs of Thor. Uh, when I say previous runs of Thor, of course I'm referring to the Simonson run of Thor. Right. I saw a uh, side note. I saw um, Jason Aaron this weekend at the, at the convention and told him I love Thor's and I wanted, I almost asked them, like, when are you going to do another Thor's? And, and mm-hmm. I, I know that's probably was, there's probably never going to be another time where that's going to be. Right. <laughs> something like that's never going to happen. So I decided not to. Man, what a great concept that was. Man, that was so great. If you haven't checked out Thor's, the, the, the Secret Wars miniseries, uh, please do. Because it was awesome. Anyway, so uh, if we are through with uh, Mighty Thor, what we got going on next? Yeah. Like, we maybe get a couple more books and go rapid fire because it looks like Tim only read a few more books. And Roddy sure, and I seem to have uh, had a lot of time to read this week. Yeah, I, I yeah, there's a couple more I could do before I go wrap it. So, which, you got something you wanted to put out there? Um, really, just Daredevil number twenty-two. Okay. Um, again, um, if anyone recalls what I said about the previous issue, um, you know, one of the things that Soul is trying to introduce, at least into this book right now, is you know a twist on the classic. Uh, uh, problem that law enforcement has in closing a case against um, a bad guy that is caught by a masked vigilante. They almost never have that. Well, they just can't bring the masked vigilante as a witness. Daredevil uh, at least comes up with a, a relatively, uh, 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 a relatively sound legal argument for having um in mild spoiler, but you know, obviously it's a solo book, so it's not much of a spoiler. But they come up with uh, a, a, a sound legal argument to have Daredevil testify on the stand without having to reveal himself. That is the big twist, and um, you know, without getting into too much of the legal mumbo jumbo, um, you know, they're able to pull it off. But obviously, you know, these things are subject to appeal, and there is something of a slippery slope that is set if this is going to be, uh, you know, allowable in the future. You know, if they in fact set a precedent in uh, uh, the legal uh, side of the Marvel U. So, you know, it's definitely interesting. Obviously, I have a little bit more of a familiarity with a lot of the pitfalls, but a lot of this stuff is, isn't as uh, complicated as it might sound. It's very basic, and, you know, it's still, you know, something that uh, has been, you know, touched upon in, in uh, the history of the Marvel Universe. You know, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, we've seen, you know, uh, uh, it come up in Spider-Man comics where, uh, you know, cop, uh, where, where uh, bad guys, you know, who are webbed up with the with the note, you know, care of your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, end up getting away because they can't, you know, make the case stick. So, you know, it's an interesting uh, twist on, um, a twist in uh, the legal corner of the Marvel U. I noticed that we're staying away from Secret Empire stuff. Uh, I didn't really, well... Because I haven't got to any of it yeah, yet. It's kind of, it's kind of uh, you know, what's funny about that, and I bring that up because I am not enjoying this portion of reading into the crossover books, and I'm definitely, you know, giving serious thought to just dropping the Captain America books, both uh, 
Steve oh, wow. Rogers and um, and Sam Wilson until Secret Empire is over. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, because Cap, I guess Cap or Steve uh, Steve Rogers Cap came out this week, right? Yeah. Right. And Sam Wilson was last week. I haven't even read that one yet. Right. And it's just not, you know, like it's not doing much for me because they're just kind of filling in some of the gaps or, uh, you know, kind of uh, plugging some, some minor holes in the Secret Empire story. And it's just not doing enough for me to, to keep my attention. Hmm. So actually, there were a couple of um, tie-in books that I did read. And I, don't know if you want I don't know if you want to get to them. Just get to the books that you wanted to uh, speak about. Yeah. Go rapid um, fire. Well, before we do rapid fire, let me do actually um, Nick Fury number three. And then we'll circle back around to that stuff because there is there is a couple of things I want to say to him, but they can go rep it. Uh, so Nick Fury number three. So if you've heard us talk about this book the last couple of times it's come out, I can pretty much say it's the same that uh, there's, there's a lot going on here, <laughs> with, especially with the art wise. But it is still a fun book to read. Um, so far, it has still been pretty much one off missions that Nick's been on. Um, there's been some nice styling lettering, you know, especially with the title. Um, of the book it is a very colorful book there are pages with fight scenes with like 20 panels on them almost you know it's like they just they just went nuts with them but i mean the art looks good it's just there's a whole lot going on but this time we find nick on a train trying to um safeguard a world leader who's a not a very good person but he's also been targeted for assassination and nick's just kind of been running clean up on any would-be attackers, but he also meets this girl or this woman on the train who, at first, you would think, I was like, okay, is he going to end up fighting? He even says, you know, as much. Um, he might end up fighting, but it comes about that doesn't happen. Like, this may may or may not be a, a, an interest for him, but like I said, it's pretty much a, a one and done, and, um, you know, it's pretty much a James Bondish type action thing with plenty of action um, when it, but it's a, a you know, it's a pretty cool read once you get past you know the, the art and i'm saying that because it gives it can be because there's a lot of art and it can be a little distracting but it's really nice looking um i will go ahead and bring up star wars darth vader number two while i'm here because um there is a possible i don't know if i would call this a spoiler but, but the you might as well um but there's a link to last last jedi that uh, people have picked up on in articles because so Vader's on a quest to get a lightsaber from a Jedi and this is after Order 66 so therefore there aren't that many Jedis around thanks to him and the Empire but he um, goes to search so he finds a way to, to search out one and that means he's attacking this one base with the stormtroopers who you would think know who he is but doesn't uh, they just, just count him off as another Jedi when he comes storming the place because they didn't really announce himself uh, but once that whole thing gets out of the way, we find out that uh, that Vader's looking for Jedis who have taken a specific vow, uh, and this vow may be the link that could possibly um, come up in The Last Jedi, mm. the forthcoming movie. Um, but he does a search, he finds this Jedi, and that pretty much ends, the, ends uh, this issue of the book. So conveniently, there is a Jedi around, and this Jedi... You know, just so happened to be around because he never really got himself involved with. He's basically serving the penance and therefore did not get involved with the Jedi with Jedi dealings. So, one, he's not hiding, and two, he's not really. He, you know, when everything jumped off, he hasn't really done anything. But apparently, this one is also was only bred for pretty much doing one thing, and that was fighting. And in my notes, I put Karnak because even though this guy looks nothing like Karnak, he just the description of him just kind of reminded me of him. Mm. Okay, so 
Um, but it was a pretty decent read. Like the, the, the books, you know, Charles Soule's been doing all right so far with that book. You know, it's um, not heavy on one thing or the other. You know, and we're just getting started with it because it's like, like I said, this is pretty much taking place right after or right near the end of Return of the Sith or Revenge of the Sith, excuse me, which that also kind of made me confused because I'm sitting here like, okay, so the order was getting given. Vader was around when that happened because he helped exterminate someone. And there were stormtroopers there. Why do these stormtroopers not know who he is? But it could have been, but I'm thinking it was just still early enough to where he wasn't like out there like that as the Emperor's right hand just yet. Mm-hmm. So, but it was still weird to me that that was the case. So, but that's, uh, that's Star Vader number two. Uh, let's see. Uh, anything else? I don't want to do. Uh, uh, Ultimates number two and eight. Put that one out. I think pretty much everything else after that is, is rapid fire. Um, so here we have, if the cover seems, well, I don't know. It, it seemed like the cover and the, therefore the person that shows up on, that is on the cover seems to be uh, guided by a certain movie that just came out. That might not be true. However, um, this is pretty much a Galactus focus issue where he's still recovering from uh, his injuries, but he ends up somehow uh, through uh, Molecule Man's rumpus room uh, on top of Ego, the living planet. Hence why I said what I said just earlier. So Ego sees, you know, sees him there. He is not as big as what he normally is, but because he's apparently, like I said, he's still recouping and therefore his size is strong and his power. But Ego sees him and takes him as a threat because he doesn't realize that, you know, He's the life bringer now, even though Galactus was saying a couple of different times he's life bringer. So he tried to fight him off a couple of different times. That doesn't work. Um, Galactus travels inside Ego and ends up talking to what seems to be a kindred spirit to Galactus from his older, older non-Galactus days, but also in a similar situation as Galactus um, in Ego's spirit or in, in, in Ego's core. So some things happen after that, and then there's this big meeting with a new group that we see at the um, at the end of the book, and some stuff looks like it possibly is about to uh, jump off from this uh, with a bunch of cosmic characters that we have seen in previous issues. Um, the, oh, we also have um, a new artist on this issue, and the art was actually pretty clean, even though it was different from what you know uh, what we've. It's not Travel Foreman, and I think he's going to be back next issue from what I've seen in the back of the book, but. The art in his book was actually pretty clean, if not you know, different for what we've seen. I still miss Kenneth Rockefeller, but it is what it is. I have a question. Yes? I see it has the secret Empire trade dress at the top. Yeah, it does. Weird, huh? Does uh, and It sounds like the story has nothing to do with that. Not really, no. Okay, just checking. I mean, there might have been something. Uh-huh. I think there was something that was like addressed that was brought up in it, and I don't remember what that was, because like it was pretty much focused on Galactus and Ego and them chopping it up and other stuff. I don't remember seeing much Secret War stuff in it, unless they may have brought up. The, I don't remember. I don't even remember seeing the rest of the team in here. Put it that way. So if there was, I totally missed it because usually they would at least call something out of it. But yeah, I don't know. All right. Yeah. All right, Tim. Got anything before we go to rapid fire? Anything? Euler. My last one and a half can be included in rapid fire. Okay. Well. All right. So I guess we are at that point in the show. We are in rapid fire mode right now. Rapid fire reviews. Where's John Machida? <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna kick off with Weapons of Mutant Destruction number one between the Weapon X series and Totally Awesome Hulk, both written by Greg Pat. 
so I enjoyed my uh my Mahmoud Azra's art in this. He's also been doing totally awesome Hulk. But uh I like the way he drew especially the Weapon X members. Him and uh I think he normally uses a, a colorist named Nolan Woodard, I believe. I'm kinda guessing just from previous issues, but that's usually who he works with. The colors were very nice. Uh I just like sort of like the lean look of like James Proudstar, for example. I'm a Warpath fan going back to Rob Liefeld's X-Force days. Mm. Though I can't... When did he get the power to fly? I don't remember him being able to fly, but I haven't read many... A lot has changed, I guess. Yeah, I, don't remember. I, guess I haven't read any recent stories with him, like the Black Ops X-Force teams he was on. I, I don't think he had it when he was on those teams either. Yeah. So I'm like, where did this flight power come from? But anyway... Um, so in, Weapon, in last week's Weapon X, we found out who's behind the new Weapon X program. So that person is here, and they're recruiting uh, regular humans to go undergo these tests. And the, more than likely, the individual that's seen recruited here is probably going to be the one that ends up being merged with the Hulk and like Wolverine DNA to become the big Hulk monster with the adamantium claws, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. That's my guess as to what's going to happen. But there's some fun interplay with the... Uh, between all the Weapon X characters, because this is uh, at the end of last week's Weapon X, that was the first time the entire team was finally assembled together because like Lady Deathstrike and Warpath were captured the entire time. So there's some nice, you know, back and forth uh, wordplay there. And then you add in Amadeus Cho becomes a, nothing gets crazy, but it's just a lot of snarky comments back and forth. All right. And Super Sun's only got like one third of the way through. It's a guest artist. But the art still is uh, more than adequate here. Both Jonathan and Damien are grounded after their adventures against Kid Amazo. But of course, one of them runs away in, and visits the other one. So that's how far I got there. All right. All right. I suppose uh, it's setting up a, a visit to another book. Did it? That is forthcoming. I'm going to assume. Oh, Teen Titans, There's maybe? Probably. Yeah. So that's already been, yeah. Probably. All right, so if that's Tim's rapid-fire books, let me get through the few I've got. Um, I literally skimmed Aquaman number 25. It's an anniversary issue, but you should all skim through this issue and maybe try to read it to try to figure out what's going on because the art in this book is breathtaking. Most definitely. So um, I'm just going to pull up the artist's name uh, real quick. But um, Stephen Sajic, Sajic. I'm probably butchering this name because I don't think I've ever, no one's ever <laughs> heard that out loud. Yeah, Stepan or Stefan. Jesus. Um, we apologize if you hear this. Yeah, the, shout uh, out to uh, this artist because holy cow, it's yeah, breathtaking. Yeah, um, his art, his art is awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to try to sit down and try to figure out what's going on with this and maybe look up uh, the previous issue because I don't know if uh, 24 actually leads into 25. We will see. Um, All New Guardians of the Galaxy number four. Um, uh, You know, obviously this book is uh, written in the vein of the New Guardians of the Galaxy 2 movie. You should still get out there. It's still in the theaters. Um, It's a lot of fun. Um, uh, You know, they're still on uh, a quest to get into... uh, you know, the, the collector's uh, collection. Um, and I'll leave it at that. There's a lot of uh, stuff going on, but it's still one of the middle issues in this uh, storyline. 
what I was referring to earlier is Captain America Steve Rogers number 18. It's a fill-in issue. It, well, it's not a fill-in issue, but what it does is fill in one of the gaps in uh, the storytelling in uh, the recent issue of uh, Secret Empire involves uh, Namor. And, um, you know, ultimately, you know, we, we get to this point where we understand why what happens happens, but do we really need to know why or how we get to that point? Not really. Um, Silver Surfer number 12, I'll dwell on just a little bit longer because it is a heartfelt issue. Anyone who has ever lost um, uh, a parent or, a, or someone who has stood in the place of a parent will read this and understand what Don Greenwood is going through and some of the things that um, uh, uh, the Surfer and uh, a lot of the, uh, the supporting characters that have uh, become parts of this book are doing. Um, it's really uh, a pretty touching issue. So I recommend it simply because it deals with a lot of real world, you know, kind of personal issues for a lot of us. Um, X-Men Gold number six, kind of forgettable. Um, it deals with the, uh, the, the, the crux of the story is based around um, uh, Rachel Summers coming to grips with uh, what she is right now. It is uh, left on a cliffhanger, but ultimately, uh, you know, that's part of, uh, I guess, the next story arc in this, uh, you know, in this kind of throwback X-Men book. But uh, that's it for my clicks, uh, my uh, rapid fire books of the week. Her name is weird. Yeah, you're a little underwater, but uh, yeah, they actually play on that in the in the issue. They actually mention it and uh, kind of give um, uh, uh, you know maybe a, a reason for it for the choice of that name. And I guess they might be teasing that the name might be uh, kind of short lived. All right, Roddy, whenever you're ready. Hopefully, you're back above water to do your rapid fire. How do I sound? You're good. Okay. All right. Rao, rao. Jedro number six. The crown. Well, I was going to save this for last, but never mind. I'll do it now. The crown jewel of the Hasbro universe, because you can't uh... still in effect, folks. Um, actually, this book is still kind of good and weird um, because the Joes and Skywarp end up going underground because there's been these creatures coming out from the Earth, and I feel like we've probably seen these creatures in an animated form before, but I just can't place it. But anyway, they end up going um, underground to try to find out where these creatures are coming from. There's a fight ensues, ensue, um, and uh, they finish the fight, and the, the creatures kind of go back to their original forms. At least one of them does. Uh, but one of them ends up affects, affecting Doc, because it sounds like there's some magic involved. Doc, Doc Jr., who I should say is half Dire Wraith, just like her dad, who is um, was full Dire Wraith. I have no idea how that happened, but it happened. Uh, gets affected and start going... Start going crazy, but that gets under control, and um, and all goes well on that front. At the end of this book, um, Scarlet is in is uh, sending out a team of Joes. Um, she's trying to find Snake Eyes and Helix, uh, who went off on a secret mission of their own, uh, also having to do with these creatures. But at the same time, she gets uh, a visitor in the name of Duke who had left the Joes somewhere somehow and is coming to pay a visit because uh, he got wind from Roblox, um, you know, that, you know, on the, the operations going on down there and the fact that they have the Baroness um, held down there with no trial or anything, just holding her down there for no, for, for no reason, you know, out of any jurisdiction. So Scarlett gets a little miffed about that and that pretty much ends that little thing. We'll see what happens uh, next issue. Trinity number 10, 
Uh, we see they're still trying to uh, keep the, the Watchtower from crashing into the Earth and also for, uh, saving the rest of the uh, League from uh, themselves because they got taken over by some aliens that um, that came they came in contact with and Superman and, and Wonder Woman were trying to talk to this alien which almost looks like uh, Nimrod, this, um, the Sentinel. Uh, but that didn't work out and for some stupid reason Wonder Woman ends up touching one of the aliens and starts turning herself even though she knew that, that they would take over like that and that's pretty much the way that goes weird um, what's next The Luke Cage number two Luke Cage is still trying to figure out what's going on with the person that, that created that created his powers he ends up running into uh, another person who undergo, underwent those powers under the name of Warhawk he knows the guy who's a crazy dude uh, who helps him out after he gets uh, injured and kind of nurses him back to health. And then they both go out and find out that Luke's not the only, those are two, not the only two people who underwent that process that Dr. Bernstein, who was apparently recently killed or may still be alive, um, gave them. So Luke comes across all these other people and then find out that, um, that Dr. Bernstein's assistant has been kidnapped and is trying to, being forced to help out uh, this mobster to, that to help her son cure him of you know the the side effect from the process that Luke doesn't have but all these other folks did and that ends up going wrong because she ends up doing something. Um, let's see, hmm. Doctor Strange twenty two. This is weird because it's a tie in to Secret uh, Empire in that so it's Doctor Strange, uh, Spider Woman, Ben Urich. And well, Death Devil got captured, and he's in the Sanctum Sanctorum, he being held by Baron Mordo. Um, Doc was trying to, to to lift the dome over New York, and it got foiled by the crashing of uh, Spider Woman. So they team up, and they ended up teaming up with the Kingpin of all people, because apparently he has a magic uh, store of magic. And then they go off to find that, and some weird writing in this book, I will say. Like I generally like Dennis Hopeless's writing because he, you know, he wrote Spider-Woman and that comes off pretty well, but the way that specifically Doctor Strange, uh, Wilson Fisk, and Baron Mordo was being written was just weird to me in this one. Um, All right. But that is that, and that's pretty much where the tie-in is. There wasn't much, well, we do see like Captain America and a couple other people showing up because they talked to Mordo, and like I said, that whole exchange was still weird. Uh, U.S. Avengers number seven, the, the team finally figures out, hey, Cap, Cap was one um, that has taken over everything, and they, they're fighting Hydra. Uh, Tony Ho ends up um, phasing away uh, Enigma and Squirrel Girl into France, where they still end up fighting Hydra. They get caught. Well, excuse me, not they get caught, but uh, Red Hulk and Tony Ho get caught um, because Red Hulk has been taken over by Hydra because he got injected with something last issue. And they get put in jail, and they come across Robert, Roberto DeCosta, who got shot in the head, but apparently still alive for the time being, but is in sunspot form, but he looks rather not himself. And that's where the issue ends on that one. Uh, and those are the two tie-ins. And I think the only one I have left is uh, America, number four. So America ends up, um, this is another weird one, because she ends up going back to the past, fighting with herself against the, the enemy from the first issue, which means that the last couple of issues didn't happen or something like that. I don't know. There was, there was, I got questions for this one, but also after all of that said and done, there was this, what seems to be another version of America from the future, maybe an older version. We don't know that yet, but someone who seems to know 
and looks uh, pretty much like America and her family knows her, tried to approach her saying that, hey, I was the one that was involved in you going into all these other places and this and then the other. And America gets upset and she leaves and that's pretty much where that that takes off. So I don't know. That's it. it was that was a strange, strange read. And that, folks, is it for me. All right. So I guess we're coming up on our clicks of the week. It's yes. that time. It is. All right. So we've already announced what uh, PCN underscore Dirt's uh, click of the week is. It's Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man number one. I can tell you that that was a very close second to my eventual click of the week. Which it is. Uh, I wish I had a good drum roll. Um, exactly. Um, I think I'm going to let uh, at Tim Dog 98 take the lead on this because I'm probably going to piggyback on it. Okay. Yes. Oh, here's definitely. a drum roll. Oh, no, it's not. I know what that is. Never mind. Go for it. Definitely, definitely got to go with Mighty Thor number 20. War Thor. Yeah, I second that. That's War Thor. awesome, awesome issue this week. Mighty Thor number twenty for me too. Oops. Okay. Well, of course, I'm going to be the oddball here. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's going to be. Oh shoot! I'm just going to go ahead and say, um, logo Road Runner special number one. Uh, I, I would like to say that Wonder Woman and Tasmanian Double tied because they were both enjoyable, but just for the fact that it ends up turning into a Road Runner cartoon it, when it's all said <laughs> and done was was pretty great. Like I said, the Wonder Woman was, was good too. If you if you in, enjoy the pairing of DC characters and Looney Tunes characters, just read both of them because they're pretty good. Alrighty, alrighty. So uh, Tim, are you uh, taking your leave from the show tonight? I am. Alrighty, Tim. You want to before you go? You want to talk about a couple of uh, of your articles? Uh, any, any articles that you want to bring up that you've done this week? I should say. I know I did a couple. I did Nerdist and like two or a couple uh, Spider Man movie news for CBR. The Marvel Legacy one? Oh, yeah, the Marvel Legacy, which tune in tomorrow because, well, beyond the internet's tomorrow because Marvel's going to reveal a bunch of stuff for Marvel Legacy, apparently. Right. But yes, the Avengers of 1,000 BC, 1 million BC or something, which makes no sense. Yeah, 1 but, million yeah. BC. Yeah, I don't know. But more than likely, we'll get a bunch of creative team announcements tomorrow, new books. Which we have but some think, already. What? I think we have some already because the Celestis came out, so. Well, that's the, just well, the generation. The that's the September, but yeah. Right. Generation one shot shots. Right. Right. But yes, we shall see. All righty then. All right. See y'all on the flip side. Peace out to at Tim Dog98. Later. All right. So I guess let me get to an ad read. So let me tell you that this episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture, and much more are all on sale. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner, and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. All right, and now we will go into stop it. The cinematic news for all right. First up, um, oops, I'm gonna put these up here. There we go. 
Powerless. DC releases unaired episode of Powerless featuring Adam West. So Powerless was a show that was on NBC. It was 30 minutes. It was a comedy show. It got canceled, and they there was two episodes they didn't care. Uh, they didn't uh, show. One of which being this particular episode with Adam West. You can find that on their the DC Entertainment YouTube page, and it'll only be there for a little bit of time. So you might want to go and check it out if you are so inclined. All right. It was announced that Batman Mask of the Phantasm from the Batman the Animated Series universe is receiving a Blu-ray remaster and release. That's pretty cool news. Yeah, which I think it was the, wasn't it the first um, one of those? I believe so. It was originally released in uh, standard definition back in 1994 on the media of its day. The resolution uh, is going to be up to 1080p in the remaster. And, um, you know, I hope that uh, it's, oh, I'm sure it'll be just as entertaining as it was back then. Yeah, probably. I'm not going to spoil who the Phantasm is. I, say, I don't know. I mean, if you haven't seen it, then you I totally don't remember the name of the character. I just remember that. Uh, I know. remember it's, it's nobody that I don't think has ever shown up in anything else in right. anything related. So it probably, even if you had said it, probably wouldn't have mattered. There you go. Um, but it was a good, but it was a good, um, good movie, definitely. So, and like I said, it started off that whole the Batman, you know, and it might have started out the whole DC stuff because I can't remember if they had any of DC movies before then. Oh, you they mean might have, movie format, right? Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, moving right along, Static Shock could come to CW's uh, Black Lighting at Reverse Crossovers. Uh, man, that was terrible. Mm. Should have been a, some punctuation there. At Reverse Crossovers possible, and there was one. I just skipped it. Uh, so yeah, I think the, from what I remember, the showrunner was saying that he would that they would have wanted, uh, and there is still the possibility of the uh, Static Shock showing up on Black Lightning show, and I am all for it if that happens. Uh, but as I said, I love the idea of Static Shock and in success, hopefully we'll be able to pull all, all the characters in that way, so I'm holding out because I love that character. Storytelling is a bit more political, it's topical and it is a bit grittier, but it doesn't mean Dino Run there won't be business. So hopefully that will um, that will that will happen. Alright, so um, an image was published online that of uh, Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher taking to the skies again together as uh, Lois and Clark. Mm-hmm. And actually, you could take the next one because it's kind of related. And Dean Kane wants to revive Lois and Clark for a fifth season. Good for him. And all right. So, for those who don't know, it was the Superman show of the day back in the nineties. It was, and if if you've watched Supergirl, you have seen both of those characters showing up. Well, both of those people showing actors, up as right. yeah, as different characters, not the, the characters that would have been funny if, if mm-hmm. that was the case. Because Dean Kane was playing her adopted dad, and I can't remember who Terry Hatcher played because she was like evil or something. Because I didn't watch it yet. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Deadpool 2 filming expansion scenes with Reynolds in Victoria, B.C., which is kind of funny if you think about it. Because think about how many, uh, wasn't there a whole bunch of X-Men stories that kind of, and Alpha Flight stories come out of uh, Victoria, B.C.? I'm not sure. I want to say yes. But, um, and as you know, in Deadpool 1, the only thing we saw of the X-Men is the front door. So I guess we'll get to go inside this time. Okay, I'm glad that I got the next one. Yes. So there is a (laughs) one. Are you glad about this? That well, you know, I'm the guy with the sound effects, the appropriate ones. Sure, there's a rumor out there that Fox is developing a kid-friendly Fantastic Four, possibly animated reboot. Ah, uh, I'm still in this. Wait, from the wait, wait, okay. wait! I'm not done. No! I'm not done. Hey, boo! boo! 
<laughs> Still not done. That was wonderful. Bravo. Oh, that was sarcastic. No, no, no. no, no. Sarcastic, right. sarcastic. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. It was awful. I was it was terrible. terrible. It was bad. It was yeah. pretty terrible. It was bad. Now, okay, you go. So if I'm going to play devil's advocate, it could be somewhat decent if they learned their lessons, but this is Fox and I don't. I, they, know, they don't learn. And second of all is what I'm going to steal from the internet and say, we already had the Ken Fridley Fantastic Four and it was called The, the, um, the Incredibles. That's right. All right. Benjamin Cumberbun arrives on Did the you call him Cumberbun? Oh, Somebody no. Oh. But yes, Cumberbatch arrives on Avengers Infinity War set. And actually, there was another picture. I don't think I have it. But there was another picture of him. Um, it was him and, um, let's see, Benjamin Wall. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. And um, I believe it was... Um, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, they were all sitting together and they had, had a picture together. It was pretty, it was pretty cute. And it was also a reference to uh, Awesome Facial Hair Bros. Mm-hmm. On, on, online, so that was pretty cool. So, yeah. Uh, I think, don't think I've got that one. And, you know, it's just very quickly as a quick aside, when you see that, and I just sort of wonder, what is it about some of the actors or, you know, male or female actors who, who, who just don't don't have fun doing these Marvel movies. You know, some of these characters, you know, some of these actors are just into it. Yeah, they're, they're into it, though. Like, you see that they're actually enjoying the company of the actors who are also in this together with them. Right. And that's the one thing, because you definitely, you, you can at least feel that from some of the pictures you've seen. I was like, yeah, these folks like being around the, by each other, you know, with each other. Because I think uh, Evans and, um, um, oh, shoot, who's playing Sam Wilson? Um, Mackie. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Mackie. They seem to be, you know, every time you've seen them together, they seem to be chilling around together and, and, and having fun and all that. And these guys, too, they seem to be, you know, I don't know. I don't I, I can't say for some of them, but it's just weird, though. Like, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I guess the point, more than paycheck. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What I was going to say is, I guess, that, you know, there's always the rare. I don't want to say it's the uh, the rare actor who, you know, just doesn't, you know, you know, just doesn't buy in. You know, right. there's always someone. And like you said, they see it as a paycheck or they're just not or they're they're looking for something else to do or they don't see themselves as being uh, 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 franchise characters and they just decide to move on. It's just, you know, like I said, it's 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 uh, to me, it's kind of uh, endearing about the whole setup of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that you have, you know, pictures of these, you know, actors from pretty disparate backgrounds. Mm -hmm. You know, coming from across the uh, the Marvel universe, basically, and just kind of coming together, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? We're going to sit here and have dinner and take, you know, uh, oh, promotional, but yet, yeah, exactly, promotional pictures, but still wacky personal pictures." Mm-hmm. Oh, it's cool. And for some couple of extras, I'm pretty sure it's it's nearing the end of their their contract, the contractual so. obligations. Yeah, might as well get all the the yucks in while we, mm-hmm. while we got them. All right, moving right along. Watchmen TV series reportedly, and I'm like, I'm. Um, Matt Wang asks about something about Fantastic Four and Deadpool. I'm just going to go ahead and say yes, but, and, but no. Um, Watchmen TV series reportedly in the works from Lindelof and HBO. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. God. I don't know. Which, I guess, and I will, we probably have said this before, but that's probably the right place for anything Watchmen related. Like, we probably don't need another movie, and mm. if you're going to do it, might as well make another show, I guess. I don't know. I am not, I, I'm not a big Watchmen, whatever. I'm I have no voice in that race. I've never read the the original series and don't what? Eh, I don't care. What? Don't care. So what? all the button stuff they're in with DC, I'm only tangentially caring about because we, you know, we'll be talking about it later on this year. <laughs> sure, but this is kind of appropriate here. What you haven't read Watchmen? I have not. Yes, I am that person. 
Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good time to debut that one. Yeah, I guess so. So, all right. Maybe in Lindelof, you know, I'm lost, Leftovers, which Leftovers is pretty good. Um, so all right. Well, so, uh, if I may, I'm going to uh, roll the next few stories yeah. in uh, together because they're all related. Pretty much. Um, so, word dropped this week that uh, the Han Solo standalone film lost their lost its uh, two directors. Yep. Uh, Phil Lord, right, Phil Lord and Chris Miller uh, left the production over a conflict with Lucasfilm over creative, you know, and they, they cited creative differences. Or at least that's one story. Right, that is at least one story. Is there another story that you know of before I get into who actually well, appeared? We'll get into it. All right, well... The well, the, what's funny is that the person who magically appeared. Well, do you want to talk? Wait, it's in the oh, wait. Before we get to that, yeah. So, okay. so okay, we'll go ahead and get to it. So, so, apparently, there was another story saying that they got fired. Ah, I can call myself a comic book fan because I read comic books, and mm-hmm. Watchmen is not the only comic book uh, that is around. Therefore, I'm good. You can't read everything, nor should you, <laughs> and you don't. You shouldn't feel like you have to. That's all. Um, so. Next one is the conflict with Lucasfilm forced Lord Nexus Miller. This is where it's kind of been, I think it was kind of been rumored that they might have been fired or something like that. We don't know the whole gist right. of what, you know, we know we got the hearsay, we got this and then the other, so we really don't know. Yeah, so reportedly they never got the creative license they thought they were going to get, mm-hmm. and they clashed with Lucasfilm, and Lucas, Lucasfilm said, uh, peace. Yeah. So, that's and they ended up right. getting to the next one. Exactly, and they ended up getting... Uh, a, a certain uh, Rich Cunningham to uh, direct uh, the movie now. Ron Howard of uh, Apollo 13 and uh, Backdraft and uh, uh, what are his... Uh, I don't know, he's done a lot of shit. Yeah, he's a directed lot a lot of movies and he has been tapped to now direct the Han Solo solo film. I, what do you... What do you I, that baffles me just a bit. Why is that? I don't, I don't, Ron, you, you don't think uh, Ron Howard when you think comic book movie. Right, but you know, no, I'm not saying he's not no deaf, that. I'm not saying he couldn't do it because I mean right, he's what I was a, a very deaf director, but right. What I was gonna say to that though is look at the uh the track record of uh the recent films that have gained uh, a lot of acclaim from uh, uh comic book based uh films that have gained a lot of acclaim from directors who are not traditionally thought of as either action directors or even um uh, oh, forget superhero directors, but just right. action directors in general. Uh, I was going to say, look directly at Patty Jenkins, right. who did a, a, a fairly good job on a movie I finally watched, Wonder Woman. Although oh, I you can go past, way past her, because I don't know why people do that one. But what I was going to say is, he's never done a, a movie before Batman. Oh, right. and, and then obviously, well, actually, I take that back. That's not true, but his movies were smaller budget. Anyway. What I was going to get to actually is the big one, which is the, um, the Russo brothers. That was the big exactly. one. That's the that's the that's the biggest uh, gamble that Marvel took, and they absolutely scored on that. Absolutely. So you know, like I said, it may not be uh, a complete uh, you know shot in the dark with Ron Howard, but uh, there has been uh, uh, a, a recent history of directors who have uh, basically taken their uh, initial steps into the superhero pool and came out uh, you know excelling and doing a very good job. But again, there's still differences between this one and those. Like this is Ron Howard. Like he's he's a one a of a certain note with certain type of stuff. Like yeah, everything you just said was absolutely right. But I don't know. It's just I'm not saying this this, this can't work. But it's just this. I was like, I was, where did that name come from? Who brought that up? Like like I would love to have seen the better fly on the wall. Who, what, that meeting was like, who should we get? I don't know Ron Howard. 
You know what I'm saying? Because it's still, you got to admit, it's still kind of weird, regardless. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. That's, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't look like Richard Cunningham anymore, so. Well, that's for sure, but. Other than <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, it's just weird. But like I said, time will tell. We'll see what happens. Sure. But you're going to probably get more leeway than, than the mother two guys got. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, but anyway. So, yes, Richie Cunningham is now directing the Han Solo movie. <laughs> Which actually brings up another question, though, because being that this was like halfway through production, I would imagine half the stuff was probably already done. You know, I'm not saying, you know, principal filming is probably still something about to do, but I imagine there was a lot they've already done already. So it's pretty much, he's just coming in, running clean up. Possibly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Sonequa Martin Green reveals her Star Trek Discovery character's Vulcan ties. So I won't go through it because it might be somewhat of a spoiler, but guess what? She's got yes. Vulcan ties. All right. Carnage will be the villain in Tom Hardy's Venom movie. <sighs> Moving on. Yeah. You mean the movie that still won't have anything to do with the rest of the... You know, yeah. Pretty much. Peter Parker takes his driver's test in Spider-Man Homecoming promo, which I believe this was... Um, I still haven't... I haven't, I haven't watched this. Don't plan on watching it. This movie is right around the corner. Well, actually, I'm not even sure... This was even like, this was not even the movie. This is like an Audi tie-in or something. Or oh no! <laughs> I believe like so. I don't think it was for the. I, I, again, I haven't seen it myself. I, but uh, I had intended to, and I didn't before we got into, it. Could because um, you know Audi's got ties with um, with Marvel and right. I mean, I'm sure this is probably if it's not going to come into the movie, which it probably will. Um, it's a pretty good um, commercial for Audi, regardless. Mm-hmm. So moving right along. Uh, speaking of Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming 2, which they're already talking about, um, will feature a different Marvel hero. So there was another article I do remember saying that uh, Robert Downey Jr. and slash Iron Man is probably not going to be around for the next movie or not going to be on the table for the next movie, which is fine because it's Spider-Man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They just want to have, you know, primetime guest stars. I guess. I mean, you shouldn't need it. If you got... Uh, he should be able to stand on his own. That's all I'm saying. Like I like I get bringing him in for the first one, bringing somebody in for the first one. But honestly, but if you're but if you're gonna bring in somebody else in on the second, just go ahead and make it a part of the MCU. Just no, what I was gonna say, right? What I was gonna say though is I think it has something to do with them actually sticking with you know the the theme of him being a kid, <laughs> and it might play into how they treated Ultimate Spidey in uh, the Ultimate Universe. I guess that's the silly reason though. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving right along. Comic news? Uh, we are done with cinematic news, yes. Um, I will say before we get to the comic book news that solicitations for September 17th, uh, 2017 are out. If you know where to find those, news around my other places, go check those out if you care what's coming out in September. Yes, and if you care about putting in your pre-orders at your local comic shop. Exactly, specifically. It and is important for that. Exactly. And we will be getting in uh, some, actually some news from solicits starting now. Alrighty. Uh, the new Wonder Woman creative team is coming in September 2017. So James Robinson, Carlos Pagulayan, and Emanuela Lupacino, super duper hot, are taking over DC Wonder Woman with September 27's number 31. The trio's new story, Children of the Gods, will pick up the long, simmering storyline concerning Jason, the, the quote-unquote brother, to Wonder Woman that was revealed in 2016's Dark Side War arc of... Which, yeah, which I remember when we talked about that, I remember groaning. I don't remember if the rest of you guys did, but I, remember, I don't remember that far. <laughs> About Wonder Woman, at least. Well, I mean, cause, yeah, I, I remember because I think that was in 
Yeah, that was in Justice League. I remember we specifically we talked about it because I think I even read that issue, which that's why it strikes struck a chord with me because mm-hmm. I rarely was reading any Justice League at that point. So yeah, they're gonna bring that mess back up. I was about to say another word, and um, but we get James Robinson on another book, and I'm I'm happy about that because he's cool. Um, he's good, and as ridic- the ridiculous Agent Seventy says, it made me well older, but you know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, it's another time for this. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Hello, nurse. Yes. Oh, man. That's the next one I got to pull. Anyway. <laughs> so, next up, Wonder Woman news. In fact, I think I skipped one because we just talked about it. But um, Wonder Woman meets Hello Kitty in new Sanrio collaboration. So I guess she's, yeah, Hello Kitty's going to, she's going to have a Hello Kitty thing. That's cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, skipping that next one because we already mm-hmm. talked about it. Tim Drake returns. Cellmate's identity is revealed in September. So as some of you that read DC know, Tim Drake's been quote-unquote dead for the past... What, how long has it been? I have no idea. Yeah, it's been a while. But, um, and, but he actually wasn't dead. He was just in another dimension or something. Whatever. I have no idea. Alrighty. So in DC Rebirth news, okay. Mr. Oz's identity will be revealed in September. Who in the bloody hell is Mr. Oz? So there's... The rumor that it could be Ozymandias from Watchmen, mm. which that makes sense. Yeah, I'm still. I, my money was on. Um, actually, I don't know who my money was on because I don't. I'm not even paying that close attention to this, as I have said said recently. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the front runner. We don't know who else it could be. You DC folks, I mean, you DC reading folks might know who's been reading, you know, more closely. Would know better than I. Next. In Cashem, Cashem, Cashem news, um, yes. Marvel debuts first rock music themed variants covers because they apparently have used up and spent up every bit of hip hop covers. Ha! That so, is not me editorializing. That is not the saying that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that. They've used them all up, but they definitely want to uh, draw upon another. Uh, demographic let's call it that and i'm um, going to say they used them all up because they started just throwing some out there even really really recent ones yeah yeah but then again we're old so i mean agreed know, they want to draw you know some of the the younger uh, demographics as well um drawing some of these classic um drawing upon these classic rock covers is a good idea but at the same time um you know, I, I think that, you know, for those of us who have been trying to collect every hip-hop cover, I think I'll be uh, picking and choosing uh, these rock and roll covers. I do like the Guns N' Roses, though. I kind of like that one, and I kind of like the, uh, the, Nir- the the Nirvana one. The Nirvana one, yeah. Yeah, and these are the, these are the couple. I don't know. That's Blondie, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure what this one is. Mm, same. Not so, sure. I don't know. Good luck on them. Uh, those will be coming out in September. Yep. Like there will be a Sgt. Pepper one. Oh, wait, no, actually, I'm sorry. That's the, the author of this speculating if there's going to be one okay sure whatever um next it makes sense i mean yeah if you're gonna do one all right next up excuse me marvel reveals generations details for captain marvel spider-man and more so this is basically a bunch of one shots that they have to create of teams for right um so one of these kind of really threw me off and actually um so you got the one with uh steve and sam you got marvel and carol you got um, Tony and, and Riri, which this was the one that kind of weird made me, and maybe I'm missing something out of Iron Man because I do need to catch up. But it says here Riri Williams is given a once in a lifetime chance to meet Tony Stark's Sorcerer Supreme. Okay. Now, first, <laughs> thing, now first, it makes you think, okay, awesome facial hair, brothers are still alive. Second, I'm like, wait, is so that means is Tony coming back to life? 
quote unquote. I don't know. Or is this they're I mean, obviously gonna handle this some kind of way, but I'm yeah. like so some time travel in there, so exactly. I'm like, Never would you have thought those words, but then again, the, that's where the, the awesome face of hair for this thing comes. I was like, wait, are they that close to where they, <laughs> to where he took over the mantle? That's some that's some messed up. But anyway, like I said, there's a bunch of uh, other generation stuff. Some I'm looking forward to, some whatever. But we got creative teams for them, right? So Marvel Legacy, Legacy, right? Marvel Legacy number one is going to introduce Avengers from one million BC. Right. Uh, I don't know. Can we call this a retcon? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, now they have done stories. I mean, because they've done like the 1959 stories and and the like in the past. So this is not that big of a surprise. This is. Mm-hmm. I think they've even gone back. I want to say there's been Marvel stories that have gone back this far before. I may be wrong. I can't. I don't know. But regardless, this seems ridiculous. But hey, it is what it is. Fred and Barney oh. are going to be Avengers. Next up, uh, you can be Captain America with the $679 screen accurate shield replica. So our agent, uh, Captain, uh, our our resident, I should say, Captain America expert, Agent Seven. What do you think? That's a lot of dough. But uh, listen, if you want the accurate, uh, the movie accurate uh, uh, paint job, which is the you know the 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 uh, the, the, stealth, the, the, the stealth, or exactly the uh, the stealth painting of Cap Shield for Winter Soldier, that's as good a job as there as you're ever going to see. Um, but you know, for six hundred seventy nine dollars, that's got to be made out of you know some pretty uh, sturdy uh, metal because it says uh, ten pound fiberglass and steel prop. Listen, you know it's still a lot of money, a lot of money. <laughs> yes, it is. But you can pre-order it now if you're so 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 uh, so so inclined for for those cosplay purposes. Yep. Oh. God bless you for it. Um, Next up, uh, Kingsman yep. jumps from Marvel to Image and recruits a new creative team. That seems strange. Uh, wasn't this creator creator owned? Well, so it was. If I'm not mistaken, Millar had his own line at Marvel. Because when he did Wanted and Kingsman and all that kind of stuff, I'm assuming I think that was or it was in the the Icon line. I can't remember. Right. right. Um. So that being the case, is the rest of that stuff going? Is it just this? We don't know yet. At least from the 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 bits in the article I've been able to look at. So yeah. I mean, it, I don't. I remember reading this. And I don't remember saying it. it was just talking about this specific right. one. So that, but that's still weird all the way around. So all right. Yes. Moving on, this is my favorite news of the week. <laughs> a lot of this is like awesome. Yeah, go for it. Oh no, no, no! You got it. It's your turn. Okay. Well, Dynamite announces John Wick prequel comic creative team. So yes, there will be a John Wick comic. It will be written by none other than Greg Pack of Totally Awesome Hulk and Teen Titan. Well, he says Teen Titan Train, but okay. Punch as much as other stuff with art by Giovanni Valletti. Valletta. Shout out to Greg Pak. This is some yes. awesome news. And if I'm not mistaken, this is actually going to create John Wick canon. That is correct. Because this is, as, as it says, this is going to be prequel before uh, before the first movie. And I think there's going to be, it's going to be definitely him and talking about the, now I have not seen either one of the movies. I just oh. to, I'm about to watch those movies because now I am I'm going, to see, I'm going to get interested in it. Um, for all accounts heard by this news, like a lot of people are excited for this, and I'm like, I'm like check Breakback's writing it, so I give it a chance. But like I said, once I watch the actual right. movies, right? And the articles, right? And the articles that dropped mentioned that um, 
the creators of the character are on board, Keanu Reeves is on board, not necessarily in a creative capacity, but they've basically given their blessing to the direction that the book is going to take. Right. And it says here the series will pick up right after Wick is released from prison and is introduced to the, the League of Shadow, the, the League of Assassins, which that's kind of weird. <laughs> right, right, right. right, right. Um, and, you know, yada, yada, and the Book of, the rule, book of Rules, the Three Bills, the, the Calamity. If you know the movie, you know some of these things, and the Baba Yaga. So, you know, you know all of these things. You know more than I do about this. So, September 6th That's is exciting. when is coming. Exciting stuff. Yep, 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 yep. Less than exciting news. No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Rob Liefeld to relaunch Dave Cockrum's Futurans. I don't know anything about this book. You know anything about this? Futurians? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, All right. So, exactly. Moving on to some additional obscure heroes. Former right. DC Wildstorm hero Ninja Boy charts his own path. I have no idea who that character is. So, you know. Uh, you know that I'm apparently not going to be on the Wildstorm uh, imprint that is going yeah. on right now. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. Hold on. Indeed. So that's that. So it's the original creators, um, do, 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 and they raised their money on the Kickstarter. So doesn't say when it's coming or if it is a subway bird in the article. And I'm going to look for it. But congrats to that. Two twenty uh, 2017 Inkwell Awards. Uh, winners were given. So the Inkwell Awards was an award ceremony that actually happened at Heroes Con. I could have actually gone to this. And in fact, I was right across the, the, the way from the, the, um, from the awards when it started. I mean, when it, when it happened, but I didn't. One of these days, I might have to, we might have to cover it, but it's an award ceremony, and there was a bunch of people that got stuff. Um, okay. Half of the names, I have no idea who they are. But it is what it is. Congrats to all those people, though. Uh, Runaways, Batman, Darth Maul, 27 more, and 27 more titles, uh, free titles come for Halloween Comic Fest 2017. So Comic Fest 2017 is pretty much like Free Comic Book Day for Halloween. Right. Um, I think we talked about it. We talked about it a little bit around Free Comic Book Day because I know I remember getting some comics from last year that was from Comic Fest uh, 2016 from on Free Comic Book Day. Right. The hope, the hope is that more, more stores will participate in com- Halloween Comic Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some stuff, you know, there's some, some, oh yeah, so like I said, Runaways, Darth Maul, which Runaways is probably the one that I'm sure there will be people excited for. Sure. Um, and some other things that I've seen. Of, of In conjunction with the new television about. show. Exactly. Alrighty. Uh, next up, uh, there's uh, going to be a definitive Street Fighter art book and retrospective coming. We'll be on the lookout for that. That's right. If you don't get any Street Fighter art book, this is going to be one. To get. <laughs> I don't know, because there's been a few of those bad ones. I think I even have one right here somewhere. Already, so, cool. Uh, I think it's done by the same people who did the art of Atari, well, the editor of uh, which I still need to pick up that book. So that ought to be pretty good, regardless. Um, Declan Shalvey joins Mooney in Half Past Danger Two: Dead to Wreck, which is an IDW um, a creator-owned book. Nice by Stephen Mooney. So congrats. Alrighty, um, I might just skip past this next one and get to. <laughs> Uh, what you want to talk about? It? Go ahead. I mean, it's cute. Um, so I guess you have to see this one more. So if you do, so if you have seen the show notes for the show, uh, that I have uh, tweeted out at the time of the show that we're recording this, which probably won't do any good in a couple of days when you get this on audio. 
Uh, Artie shares what everyday like is like with his wife in color comic demonstrations. And like I said, it's worth seeing. If you look up that article by that name, if you heard what I just said, then it is on designtaxi.com. It's cute. Check it out. It's a good art, though, by the way. So hopefully this dude gets to do some other stuff. Because like I said, there's some pretty decent art going on here. Anyway, next. Dynamite Entertainment announces Librarian's creative team. Is that based on the TV show? Based yep. on the TV show. Yep. Yes, it is. Librarian's has been a success and is now being adapted into comic book form. Mm-hmm. So I was, um, I, I know I have a friend who is a fan of that show and that series. And they were, when they saw it, they were like, wait a minute, is Librarian's getting canceled? I'm like, no, it's just, you know, they've gotten popular enough to, to make the, the jump one. from TV show right. to, to the comic book, as some shows have done. There you go. Famously. So. Cool. I've yet to watch. As a matter of fact, I take that back because, uh, matter of fact, over the weekend, um, one of the library movies came on. The one of the original library movies came on with Noah Wiley. It seemed like it was all right. So I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, farewell for now to Bombshells, DC's queerest comic. Although, except it is not over, it's just ending this run and starting in a new. Um, it's going to well. It is ending with the hundredth issue and starting up with a new series called Bombshells United, and I believe it is the same creative team of uh, Marguerite Burnett, who's a very beautiful woman, um, Stephen Mooney, Douglas Everly, who's a very great artist and herself. Um, I think it is. Wait, let me make sure this is the correct. Um, let's say yes, because I don't see anything. To, you know, I don't see any different. So, yeah, and that is coming in August. So I know okay. some, there are some people... I've checked out a little bit of that book. It actually seemed like it was all right, but um, I, I didn't... It's basically a you know alternate retelling of the DC universe, almost not unlike Injustice, but not really, because this is basically back in the 40s, 50s, whatever the could may be, and it is starring the uh, good club of the females of the DC universe. So go check that out if you're inclined. Syracuse Mayor makes Saturday Neil Adams Day, and that is this coming Saturday, that's June 24th. Uh, Syracuse, New York, which uh, I understand is somewhere nearest to you. No. Nearer to you than it is. Oh, yeah, definitely nearer to me than you. Yeah, I know it's up, upstate. Yeah, upstate, but, yeah. But nevertheless, Syracuse, New York, the mayor is issued to uh, Neil Adams Day. Maybe you'll at very least see something off of that coming from that way. Sure. Uh, Adams will, and that also coincides with Salt City Comic Convention, which is taking uh, place that weekend. So convenient. All righty. Congrats to Neil Adams. Worth it. Sounds good. Sounds good. All righty. So that so, brings us to. Well, we still got a couple more. Oh, okay. Um, and I'll blow through these. So there was a. I, I actually, I don't know why I bring this up because it's only speculation. So Axel Alonso tweeted out if you're watching this video version, okay, I will make squid. Uh, it takes two and it's got Ben Grimm's um, hands and what looks to be. Is that a two or a three? It's a two. It's a two. Tim asked me something about a fan text for three that, because it sounded like there was some news that came out during Heroes Con, which apparently I did not miss, which I didn't see because the panels, none of it was out at the panels that I that I went to. Sometimes there is news breaking that will break during that uh, during Heroes Con. I guess you can call that DMC uh, news news that mm-hmm. I said earlier, but we don't know. But it says Tix takes two. I believe we have had some speculation on a Ben Grimm and Doctor Doom book from from you guys. You said that. I think PCN underscore Dirt said it. Yeah, um, I'm still thinking it either could be Ben and Johnny, even though it's, is Johnny with the Inhumans or not? I can't no remember. Did he go with, huh? No longer. He didn't go into space. That's right, because he was in he was in Peter Parker this week, so That's he's right. still on Earth. So I'm still thinking it, it could either be Ben and Johnny has got a book together. I know the you know 
It's not full blown Fantastic Four, or they're bringing back Marvel Two One One, which that's I, I, more I, likely. I would appreciate that. I thought I'd it was enjoy. a great theory, and I th- I thought it was actually a great tease for that because you have to be of a certain vintage to remember that uh, uh, you know Magrim's Ever Loving Blue Eyed Thing had his own team up title. Yes, Opportunity's Blue Eyed Boy. Yes, 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 yes. So we'll we'll find out what the heck that is about, and of course people are stupid in their comments, but we're going to let that roll. Mm-hmm. Ninja gets comic series from Dynamite Entertainment, because Dynamite's just kind of blowing some stuff out. I've, obviously, this comes from Fruit Ninja is the mobile game turned video, turned Xbox game, Xbox Connect game, to be specific. And now it's getting a comic book. Yeah. And Fruit Ninja is like, you swipe the screen, you've got fruit, it's, you're a ninja. Yes, let's keep rolling. Um, also, from Dynamite Entertainment, um, in September, we're getting... This is, I usually don't get uh, these articles like this because I don't know the site. But Sheena number one is coming in September, which is coming off of Sheena number zero, uh, Sheena Queen of the Jungle, which apparently had a book by actually, was it Marguerite Bennett, I believe? Bennett? I believe so. Yep. And coming back for number one. Uh, J. Scott Campbell's doing a, doing, a, doing a cover and a couple other people. So congrats to Marguerite Bennett. By the way, I should say, I so Marguerite Bennett's got got a couple books that I actually do enjoy, and I'm not saying the other stuff is not what I enjoy, but Justin Pussycats Puss is pretty good. You, you, regardless if you're all woman or not, you can read that, because I know some people are like, ah, oh, it's a girl's book. Blah, 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 blah. No, you can don't, don't be like that. That's stupid. It's a good book. Also, Animosity, which I need to read a little bit more of, but that book seems kind of crazy. Um, but last but not least, uh, Major Star Wars... Actually, we kind of already talked about this, so I guess mm-hmm. we should, don't really have to, because we, when I talked about Darth Vader number two, we kind of brought this up. But yeah, so basically, if you remember what I said earlier about Darth Vader the number two and the what might have come out during that story that's what this is about and now we are done so do sir do we have an um well before we do our last ad read we should do oh you want to do the unboxings now yeah just do the unboxings we'll get that done and over with uh i got one you got one so let's do this go for it all right so this week i got uh an order of uh, my pre-order was filled by a shout out to dorkside toys for uh, taking care of my order of the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming uh, uh, Marvel Legends series. And that box came in this week. It's a big box. Lots of Marvel Legends in here. Yes. So just very quickly, there is the Marvel Comics Tombstone. It's out, right? So now that I have Power Man and Iron Fist, I can actually reenact... um, Walker and uh, Sanford Green's uh, last uh, storyline. There you go. Captain Universe. You get the whisper right. Right. Captain Universe, Spidey. That's pretty I awesome. That That's pretty cool looking. Yeah, it is. Because you actually get a Spider-Man and a Captain Universe. Not right. that you know Captain Universe is no great shakes, but you know it's kind of cool yeah. that, that you have that option. And it's the ultimate that could be you. Exactly. 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 Um, a comic accurate. Beetle, because they've been putting out beetles for a long time in the Marvel Legends, and they just have not been uh, the classic uh, purple and green. I don't feel like you're about to get one that I'm about to be really upset about. Uh, possibly. So here is the um, Spider-Man modern the uh, the the, the uh, check suit mm-hmm. with the web wings. That's pretty cool. The web wings don't extend all the way as they as we'd love them to, but they're, they're still there. Too. Right, they're still there though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just as well, because you got that articulation can probably be a little tricky with that. Right. Um, this is the movie Vulture. Okay. 
All right, and the builder figure is the wings for the vulture because they are pretty uh, big. Oh, right. right. Here is the makeshift costume that is featured in the movie. Yep. And last but not least from this series, we have drum roll, please. Night. Oh, that's sweet. Oh no, let me let me show up. Say something. This is the Moon Knight. Oh, wait, actually, I could have just. There we yeah. Go. There we go. Here's the Moon Knight Marvel Legends. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, might, I might actually end up getting that one. Yeah. Hopefully, he'll, he won't be too, too hard to find on the pegs. Yeah. And the last thing I got, which was um, part of a, 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 a series that dropped a little earlier, and I did not seem to see fit to buy too many figures from this, uh, from this set. I'm probably going to pick up the Nebula, and I've already uh, basically uh, spoiled what series I'm talking about. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. This is the second uh, Marvel Legends wave for this uh, movie. And I picked up the, uh, the new Rocket with Baby Groot. This version of Rocket is far more articulated than the previous version was. Right. The previous version didn't have an ab crunch or any kind of articulation in the midsection, so this is a much better rendition and a much better value for a figure. Right on. And that's my unboxing for the week. Wait, wasn't there a Black Panther? Oh, no. The news on that was I had communicated to you this week that I was not able to purchase the Black Panther exclusive off of the Walmart website because they had sold out. Okay, there we go. I was in the okay. middle of purchasing it. So my hope is that they get some more in stock or I find my way to a local Walmart and I get lucky. But um, I was very disappointed this week because I happened to just at random go to uh, my Facebook page and I happened to see a note from, I believe it was Marvelous News, that said that uh, there were some in stock um, on the Walmart website. And when I got there, there were, but as I was completing my order, they sold out. Ooh. Very yeah, I was I was in Walmart yesterday and I totally forgot about that. I should have looked. Because usually when I, so a part of going making a Walmart run now is me just kind of skirt around to that area and see when they sure. have. You got to walk through the toy section. Yeah. And, and then walk around to get what I actually went in there for just to see if they had anything. And I didn't do that this time, which it, it's probably just one of the, I suspect they might not have had it. My Walmart's kind of slack sometimes. But that's cool. So that does it for you with, with your stuff. Yep. And uh, Matt was like, whoa, these Marvel's Spider-Man figures are awesome. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to at Matt Wang ninety seven. I still should. Have, I wish I had taken taken a picture of that wall of wall of figures that had that that that, uh, that one vendor though. Cause that thing was like that was scary big. I mean, it wasn't like it was probably like I don't know if you can see it, but it, it was it was a fairly sized wall. Like mm-hmm. it was probably a good seven feet tall and yay wide, a little yay wide. But it was just a pack of figures. It was ridiculous. Um, but anyway, so folks, I think that's it for me, except for it's time for the unboxing. Yay! Yep, and this month's uh, this, well, month's thing, whatever, is Spider-Man Homecoming, as you can see from here. Top of the box, you got hooded Spidey, which Mm. almost looks like uh, Scarlet Spider. So, we open up the box. Of course, as always, we get the the, the line art. We got Spidey there, and we got, is that Iron Man down at the bottom and another that looks uh, like and on the top we have our patch and our pin which is spider-man and the vulture yeah that is the vulture yeah that's a weird looking (laughs) actually i'll probably rock that patch though for real (laughs) because looks more like woody at all than um than the vulture and then and i think that that pin looks like miles i can't tell from here it's well it's bluish because yeah it's more bluish than and black, like like Miles is a cartoon, but it kind of reminded me of that. Okay. And the lightning's probably not helping out any. Anyway, 
inside, we have oh joy, a uh, variant cover the the Marvel Collectors Core variant cover of Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider Man, which came out this week. That's cool. Yeah, we've done that sometimes, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, hmm. We have this month's shirts. Let's get to do the ripping, the ripping and the tearing. Oh, sweet! All right, for a second. And I'll organize that. Yeah. Yep. We have this is Midtown School of Science and Technology from the from the movie. That's cool. I like that. Yep. I want an ESU shirt. But that is <laughs> that is very cool. But we have that. It's got the new shirt smell. It's not usually the color I would get, but whatever. I bought some shirts for for Heroes Con, and half of them didn't show up, so mm-hmm. I didn't wear half of them. But regardless, including one comic book chronicle shirt, that was, and that was yeah, I was going about that. Uh, let's see. We have. Let me put you right here for a second. Of course, with these uh, Marvel Funko Pop things, we have Spider-Man Pop. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like, you know, the Homecoming line. Right. The exclusive part about this, I think, is because it has the web wings. Uh, that is true. Yep. You can see them down in a little bit. So, and of course, the rest of them, they got a Peter, they got a Tony Stark and a Vulture, and and the homemade suit that's in this collection, in this public collection. So, I'm sure the rest of them are out there somewhere, just like the truth. And the last two things are actually huh, these. Um, these are not the Dorbs. These are the mini mystery boxes, and I don't, I don't, I don't have too many of these or know too much about them. But these are basically not the not the bobbleheads. I don't think. But these are like, oh no, these are bobbleheads. Excuse me. Yeah, the tiny bobbleheads are random. Right. Randomly so, packaged. Mm-hmm. So you got the vulture, and you got the homemade suit, Spidey, and of course you got more line art in the bottom of this thing. Cool. Which I'm sorry, there was something there, but it's not. So that concludes the unboxing for this month, and I believe that also brings us to the end of this fine program. Yes, let us get our last ad reading of the night. Very quickly, let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox gaming headsets, and PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, and iPod and MP3 headphones. And now, for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on your order. To help keep our podcast free, order from Skull Candy by going to cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link, click on the Skull Candy banner, and then shop for high-quality audio accessories with free standard shipping. Skull Candy Audio through cspn.us. Do it today. <laughs> and with that, we come to another fine, ep- the close of another fine episode of this here Comic Book Chronicles podcast. I would like to thank uh, the, the Left for the Night Tim, that's TimDog98 on Twitter, uh, The Click Nation, that's the K L I Q N A T I O N on Twitter, and also TheClickNation.com, uh, CB Cron. On Twitter, also him. Go check out his works on CBR and Nerdist and everywhere else he's writing stuff up. If you uh, check out his Twitter feed, you will definitely find his stuff. Also, not with us tonight is PCN underscore dirt, uh, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, uh, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, Pop Culture Network.com for his website. Go check out his goods over there. And he should be back with us next week uh, after his vacation time. And of course, Mamma Mello, one agent's. 
underscore 70 here with me as always. Appreciate you being here, sir. Yeah. Uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and also on Instagram. He doesn't have a site yet. We're working on them. Um, you can find us at CSPN.us. You can also find us uh, at thedeclination.com, obviously, because this is the Declination Tablet Chronicles. You can also find us wherever you can find other fine podcasts, um, uh, wherever you get them from, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, Google. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. All of those places, you can find us there. Just like, ask for us by name, folks. Um, CSPN.us. Go there. Shop.us, shop.cspn.us. Go there, support us and the other podcasts on the Coastal of the Podcasting Network. We would appreciate it very much. Um, I believe that is it. You would think I'd have done this enough to remember all this. But if I haven't, I'm sure someone will let me know. And with that, folks, join us next week, same time, same channel, for another episode of the the Claymation's Comic Book Chronicles. And we're out. Peace. We are out. Peace. Yay! Yay!